This is the Frankly Daniel Show, and my name is Daniel Francis Baranowski. And yes, I'm the Daniel and the Frankly part of this enterprise. As I hope you know by now, this is my weekly exercise of our First Amendment rights. Welcome and thank you for joining me today. I've got a packed show, so with your indulgence, let's roll. Now, if you've not been aware of what's been going on the last couple of days in the news, let me give a quick and very brief update. The political landscape is really heating up. In these last couple of days, a high-ranking IRS supervisor has asked for whistleblower protection to report on the political obstruction of cases against Hunter Biden. That Investigations have been completed for more than a year, but political pressure is not allowing any indictments to come forward on Hunter. It seems that the Biden administration is playing rope-a-dope or, you know, trying to run the clock out on any kind of prosecution before the next election. But apparently, there's too much pressure building in the ranks of professional investigators that this just is not going to hold. We're finding out that the Biden family has been deeply involved in all this influence peddling for years now and that as many as nine Biden family members have been involved in all these paybacks for influence peddling that have been coming from our enemies, from, from Russia, from China, from you know Ukraine of all places. Can you believe that? And now we're finding out that when Joe Biden went to Ukraine after his son was on the board of the Burisma Energy Enterprise and getting paid... $93,000 a month to sit on that board and basically do nothing. Didn't even show up for most of the meetings. That Joe was going over there to promote fracking and fracking contracts that Burisma would be picking up. There is so much graft and corruption that has gone on. And, it, and you can't hardly blame the Bidens because this is, this is the way the Democrat Party rolls. Take a look at all the wealth that Nancy Pelosi has accumulated in this amount of time, and other prominent members of the Democrat Party that have become intensely wealthy playing these games and covering it up. But it's very possible now that the Attorney General, Meritless Garland, has been caught lying to Congress in a recent testimony about who's putting the thumb on these investigations The FBI says they finished their investigation of all the Hunter Biden possible uh, breaches of of criminal law more than a year ago, as has the IRS. But somehow there's a logjam, and the attorney that's responsible for this in Delaware, the U.S. attorney, has not been able to bring forth any indictments. So we're going to see what's going to go on with that. But more, more next week, this, this, is, this is the log that may just break the log jam and all of this. And even though that Biden is set to announce that he's running for the presidency again in 2024, he's set to announce that next week. 
boy, is this going to be a really interesting time. Well, for the last several weeks, I've been obsessed, as you probably well know, with a series of questions having to do with your personal safety, security, and sense of national sovereignty. These are also my concerns about safety, security, and my family's sense of national sovereignty. For instance, do you feel safe today? I mean, do you really feel safe today when you look at the news and the things that are going on on all these fronts? As I've mentioned before, I've never seen so much activity and so much push from the left about changing everything. They're in our face about everything. Uh, Do you feel safer than you were under the Trump administration? And I only mention Trump by comparison because we need something to anchor our feelings to about safety. Now, I can tell you that on an absolute basis, not comparing my thoughts to any other time period, which frankly may be impossible to psychologically do, I do not feel safe today. And I feel less safe every day under the radical far-left policies and ideologies of the Biden administration. Now take, for instance, the president's new policy on mortgage costs. This just broke this week. But by the way, there's been very little news about this policy, but it's absolutely true, and it goes into effect May 1st. Here it is. People with good credit scores, good FICA scores, seeking a mortgage will have to pay more in mortgage fees and perhaps points so that people with poorer credit scores can pay less for their mortgages. Now, please tell me this, this isn't socialism. From each according to ability to each according to need. So those people who've taken the care of their credit, who've paid their bills on time and built their credit scores up over years, are now going to be punished. It, if this isn't a half-assed backward policy, I don't know what is. It punishes people for being responsible with their credit and rewards those who have been, let's just say, less responsible. Now, tell me, this doesn't sound similar to our emerging justice system, particularly in cities with George Soros-sponsored district attorneys. People who may have to defend themselves with a gun from a home invasion are likely to be charged with second-degree murder, while career criminals can participate in armed robbery and have their charges reduced to misdemeanors. Just look at Hunter Biden. You know, Hunter, he knowingly lied on his federal background check to purchase a firearm. That happened more than four years ago. And of course, you know, this was investigated by the Secret Service and the FBI when this whole gun business came up because Hunter illegally disposed of this gun in a dump behind a restaurant after being frustrated during his dating episode with his dead brother's wife. To date, although the White House is absolutely aware of this, as is the Federal Bureau of Incompetence, no charges have been filed against Hunter, nor will they likely ever be. But somehow President Trump finds himself in court, in criminal court in Manhattan, over something that many people say doesn't even amount to a misdemeanor. 
But for the grace of God, you or I would never get away with this stunt. And Joe Biden has the gall to call for stricter background checks? Oh, my nerves. In another move towards socialism, California's drafting legislation. You may have heard of this. This, this is just, just, as, just as ridiculous. They're, they're drafting legislation to make the cost of electric energy progressive. In their proposal, they're going to flat rate billing. Those in lower income brackets will pay a flat monthly rate, far less than people in higher income brackets. In other words, how much you pay is going to go according to your income bracket. Now, if you're wealthy and you're paying $200 a month on a sliding scale, depending how much energy you use, now they're going to set it at a flat rate, maybe $250 a month. And it's that, that it will be how much, regardless of how much energy you use, that will be the flat rate. Now, if you are paying $50 a month, you may now only be paying $25 because you're in a different income group, $25 a month. And all this is is a cross subsidy for people who aren't able to pay higher rates. Now, there's a huge moral hazard in this. If I'm only paying $25 a month, I'm going to use as much energy as I possibly can. Why not? Anything over the $25 rate that I would have paid before on a sliding scale, now that's all just free. It's just free energy. So I'd like to know how the electric utilities in California are going to determine a household's annual income. I mean, isn't this an invasion of privacy? I mean... I mean are we supposed to self-report our annual income in California and it go according, do we have to turn over IRS records? All of that's unconstitutional. Now here's a short clip of Maria Bartoloma this past Thursday on a Fox uh, station talking about this very problem. It's uh, beginning on May 1st, and basically it is uh, redistribution is is what it is because what you're doing is you're redistributing um, high-risk mortgages and high-risk loans. This is what we did back in 2005 and 2006, which led to the biggest blow-off ever in in terms of the housing market and took us down the road of the worst uh, financial uh, recession in a generation. Basically, what you have going on is larger down payments and uh, credit scores to redistribute uh, risky mortgages so that those people with a strong and a good credit score actually pay the bill for those mortgages that are much riskier for those people who don't have mm. that kind of credit score. So the reason why this is popping up on a radar now, in part, is because California is kind of thinking about doing the same thing with energy bills. Like those who are more affluent would pay higher bills than those who are less off. And that would be yet another form of Redistribution. Redistribution, or you could call it socialism. I mean, that's what it is. You, you know, you're, you're punishing people who've actually done the right thing. The same thing with the student loan crisis, right? Those people who worked hard to come up with the money to go to college and pay off that debt are now, uh, in the back, in the back view mirror, because the president is all about forgiving that student loan debt for those people, uh, who have chalked up all of this debt. And it's the same thing, socialism. Two things I want to comment on here. We were well ahead in our equity on a home in Cincinnati, but during the 2008 home crisis, 
when lenders were lending money without any credit scores at all. People were buying two and three homes they couldn't possibly afford. And then that bubble broke. Everybody went to hell. I, I lived in a very nice neighborhood where there must have been 10 or 12 homes in my immediate area that were in foreclosure or people just walked, got up and walked out and went someplace else and just left the home because they, they couldn't afford, that. the home was so far underwater. Thankfully, the home market came back. We sold the home, and it was a happy story. But boy, there was a lot of trepidation for that. We're going we're to go right back to the same, the same business. That's what Maria was alluding to. And as far as the student loan program, don't even get me started. It's another socialistic program from the great moderate Joe Biden. I mean, it... it I, I finished paying my student loans off when I was 54. Of course, I didn't go back to graduate school until I was in my 30s. But still, we paid every penny of those loans on time, every month, ad infinitum. So there's less and less financial safety in the Biden world. And, and there's really no denying it. And there's also less safety in nearly every other aspect of Biden's world. I mean, do you feel safe when you look at all the Biden administration is doing to undermine our First and Second Amendments alone? Biden's attacks on states' rights, which is our Tenth Amendment, leave the states alone. Let federalism work. But they've attacked states' rights on abortion, on gun rights, on voting rights, and on transgender rights, on whether girls are going to be able to be girls in sports. Just a a host of... You can't even... You can't even put it down on paper to talk about. There's so many of them. And how about the Biden push to destroy individual rights and replace them with group rights? Now, this isn't just a Biden thing. This has been the whole Democrat Party. The Democrats' persistent claim that America is systemically racist and they're using racial groups and other groups to attack other groups within the country I mean, do you think any of these policy positions have have made America a safer place to live? Even here in Florida, freedom-loving Florida, I'm very cautious about putting on a MAGA hat or a, a Trump support hat and walking out the door and going into neighborhoods. You don't know who's going to verbally attack you, much less physically attack you, using violence just to protest the fact that you've you're wearing a hat that they don't agree with. And I hope you haven't forgotten the top-down authoritarianism of the Biden administration during COVID-19. Remember when Joe proclaimed that COVID-19 was a pandemic of the unvaccinated? The result was that the unvaccinated were treated as lepers to be publicly shunned, ridiculed, denied health services, along with their civil rights. I mean, how many... Millions of Americans were cruelly and unrighteously harmed by a policy for which the Biden administration knew there was ample scientific knowledge that the COVID-19 vaccines caused severe harm and didn't provide half of the benefits Dr. Anthony Fauci and Joe Biden claimed they did. And when it comes to abortion on demand, the Marxists and the Biden administration are very quick to demand my body, my choice. But when the same apparent choice came to taking an emergency yet unproven vaccine, one's so-called civil rights no longer applied. It wasn't your body, and it sure as hell 
itself wasn't your choice. You could proclaim it was your body, but the Biden administration's right to make the choice for you was there no matter how loud you protested, and there were consequences if you did not comply. And what lies they told during the pandemic, and the lies about the economy, yes, inflation is, is now it's only, only 5%, but that is 5% on top of already high prices for everything. I mean, do you, do you believe we will ever revert to pre-Biden infl- inflationary spending? Do you think that loaf of bread that now costs $6 is ever going to go back to $5? No, it's 5% on top of the $6 we're already paying. And well, at the same time, wages, I don't know if you've been tracking, the wages have declined for 24 consecutive months, meaning inflation has outpaced wage growth for the last two Biden years. So do you still feel financially safe in a Biden world? And after having just finished and filed your 2022 tax returns, are you comforted that Biden is doubling, doubling the size of the Internal Revenue Service by adding some 87,000 additional IRS agents? Just, I mean, that fills a whole football stadium. If you look at the adjustments to the new IRS regulations, you cannot conclude anything other then the IRS will be auditing every one of us in the coming tax year and every year thereafter. And the lies about police and crime are, are so shameless. You know, the Democrats who attended the House's Judiciary Committee hearing in Manhattan this last week actually stood up and claimed crime was down in New York City. Now, true enough, well, most crimes were not actually down, Many categories only saw a moderate increase of 5, 6, or 9% over last year's statistics. But what they fail to tell you, what they refuse to tell you, is that that 9% this year is on top of last year's 38%. And when you add it all together, you decide not to go out at night in New York City. And boy, are you careful walking in that same city during the day. Now, this next topic is not something I plan to talk about today. However, it's in the news, and it deserves an airing, and it's one that riles a lot of people. I I will attempt to be careful in my comments. What I have to say is not intentionally meant to hurt anyone, although I'm sure there are those who will uh, think unkindly of me. The truth is that if we do not speak up and out about these touchy topics, we lose by default. So allow me to approach it this way. If you have young children in public school, are you confident in your local school board that they are not pushing woke ideologies like tenets of critical race theory and the real hot topic, gender identity ideologies? And what is their policy position on teaching various sexual orientations to your young sons and daughters? Do you want your second grader to be able to tell you what LGBTQIA plus means? Instead of, maybe that's an incentive to learn the alphabet, but I think it's really a pretty sick way of approaching it. 
Are you okay with drag queens visiting your child's kindergarten, first and second grade classes every week for story hour? Hmm. Unquestionably, there are parents who support unisex restrooms, common locker dressing rooms for girls and boys, and self-declared transgender students. And there are those parents who support transgender students to athletically compete in their chosen gender identity. But what if this is not your preference? When in the past have your civil rights been told to take a backseat to someone else's, some group's newly alleged civil rights? Yes, in particular, I'm talking about transgender girls and women. These are men who've declared they are female. Yes, these are transgender women athletes who believe somehow they are actually physically and biologically women. And somehow this makes them eligible to supersede the civil rights of biological women to compete against other biological women. How often have we heard, when asked to give a definition of what a woman is, the left tells you a woman is whatever she tells you she is. So if you're a male and you say you're a woman, well, then you're a woman. But this doesn't work for any of these other categories, like if you say you're black but you're really white, well, you're not black, and most definitely you're not black. And you can't be a lot of other things. I suppose if you say you're a fairy princess, you can't be a fairy princess. Or if you say you're Superman, that doesn't work either. But if you say you're a woman and you're a man, well, that somehow works. The hot topic this week has been Title IX and what the Biden administration proposes to do to Title IX, which will completely bastardize it. Allow me to read uh, to you from Michelle Johnson's blog on April 20th of 2023. She's an attorney who works for the Miles Stockbridge Law Firm. And uh, her, her blog starts off, What is Title IX? Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 prohibits covered educational institutions. In other words, these are the institutions receiving federal money from engaging in discrimination on the basis of sex in educational programs and activities. Now, it's important that we note that this is on the basis of sex. This is one of the civil rights protected categories. These are supposed to be immutable categories. If you are black, you cannot change the fact that you are black. If you are gay, we've now learned you cannot change the fact that you are gay. If you're a man or if you're Puerto Rican, you can't change your ethnicity and these other. These are immutable characteristics of individuals. That's why they base this on sex. As Johnson goes on to explain, no person in the United States shall, on the basis of sex, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any education program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Despite the lack of specific reference to sports within its language, Title IX and its corresponding regulations have been pivotal in advancing the interests of women and girls in athletics, calling for covered institutions to provide female athletes with equal athletic opportunity as their male counterparts. Now, here's the proposed language by the Department of Education 
in the Biden administration. If adopted in its current form, new regulations would be added and would read as follows. If a recipient adopts or applies sex-related criteria that would limit or deny a student's eligibility to participate on a male or female team consistent with their gender identity, such criteria for each sport and level of competition and grade or educational level must be substantially related to the achievement of an important educational objective, and it must minimize harm to students whose opportunity to participate on a male or female team is consistent with their gender identity and somehow why it would be limited or denied. So in other words, you better not mess with gender identity. Now more than 20 states have enacted categorical bans precluding transgender students at various levels ranging from K-12 to collegiate, depending on the state law, from participating in sport teams consistent with their gender identity. If the proposed regulation is finalized as currently written, most of these state bans would violate Title IX, the new Title IX. Now, while it's unlikely the department would backtrack from its stated position that categorical bans are unlawful, the department could still modify the language of the current proposal significantly in the process of developing a final rule. So there's not a final rule yet. But for heaven's sakes, they're not going to change it. They're going to stick with gender identity. And trust me, this will find its way eventually to the Supreme Court because they're trying to establish gender identity, not who you are, but what you think you are, as a new category to be protected under law. Now this week, the Republican House of Representatives passed Bill H.R. 734, entitled Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2023. Representative Greg Stubbe, a Republican from the great state of freedom-loving Florida, introduced the bill, and it had 93 co-sponsors. In essence, here's what the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2023 says. This bill prohibits school athletic programs from allowing individuals whose biological sex at birth was male to participate in programs that are for women or girls. Specifically, the bill provides that it is a violation of Title IX of the Education Amendments of 1972 for federally funded education programs or activities to operate, sponsor, or facilitate athletic programs or activities that allow individuals of the male sex to participate in programs or activities that are designated for women or girls. Under the bill, sex is based on an individual's reproductive biology, and genetics at birth. And with that statement, we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. You come all back now. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. 
Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix RX. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix RX nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Frankly Daniel Show. Picking back up where we left off before the break, I was talking about H.R. 734, the Protection of Women and Girls in Sports Act of 2023. Now, finally, there's a paragraph I want to read you from this bill, and I'm going to parenthetically add a few things, but here's how it goes. The bill does not prohibit male individuals. What they mean is transgender women, These are men or young boys who've transgendered into being or declaring themselves female. It doesn't prohibit male individuals from training or practicing with programs or activities for women or girls as long as such training or practice does not deprive any female of corresponding opportunities or benefits. Now, this is a very important, very important point. There are a lot of women who are now learning, a lot of young uh, women that are being denied opportunities to participate on, on junior varsity and varsity teams because of, of male competitors competing in their sport. And these people don't have an opportunity not only to benefit from competing against others in their same sex, their biologic sex, but also in terms of scholarships, uh, a lot of other opportunities. I mean, I went to the University of Arizona undergrad on an, an athletic scholarship because of my All-American status as a half-miler at the time. Um, so I understand. I mean, I can't imagine this happening to me while I was in high school uh, and being a, a woman competitor instead of a male and have some man come in and break records that have never before been approached by women There's something else that's critically important about this bill. It only applies to women and girls' sports. Males don't need this protection. Notice you don't see transgender men 
in other words, women declaring they are men, competing in male competitive sports. So what, does, what else has the left had to say about this bill? Well, Ms. Annie Carney wrote in the Washington Post on Thursday the following. The House Republicans on Thursday approved legislation that would bar transgender women and girls from participating in athletic programs designated for women. The latest effort in a nationwide push by conservatives to restrict transgender rights as they make culture issues a centerpiece of their political message. The bill, approved entirely along party lines, 219 to 203, was the latest attempt by House Republicans to take up a potent social issue that has rallied their base and has been championed at the state level by Republican lawmakers. Now, the bill has no chance of passing the Democrat-controlled Senate or being signed by President Biden. In a statement of administration policy, the White House said Mr. Biden would veto it if it made its way to his desk. The White House said, quote, a national ban that does not take into account competitiveness or grade level and targets people for who they are and therefore is discriminatory. Now, this statement goes on to say, she says, in debating the bill, Republicans sought to present themselves as the party of common sense fighting against an extreme agenda on the left. Let's come back to Ms. Carini's statement that this bill is, quote, the latest effort in a nationwide push by conservatives to restrict transgender rights as they make culture issues a centerpiece of their political message. Now, I challenge this. What transgender rights? What rights do people who are women declaring they're men or men declaring they're women have? Where are those rights established? I don't understand that. If I call myself the, 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 the chief superman on my block, uh, do, do I have rights to compete in anything or to apply for anything because I've declared myself something that I'm clearly not, that cannot be proven, that it's only in my mind, and therefore if I declare it, it is reality. I, I, I challenge this by asking Democrats who have daughters who are in elementary or high school in competitive sports. If you ask them, they are not supportive of transgender women in, compet- in competition with their daughters. Absolutely not. Here's a point of proof. On Thursday of this week, during Brett Baer's special report in the evening, he had the infamous Juan Williams as a political commentator on the show. Anyone familiar with Juan Williams knows that he's an obnoxious, far-left, extreme Democrat, and he always toes the party line, in fact, the most ridiculous aspects of any Democratic uh, talking point. He is not so much an analyst as a, is really a mouthpiece, as I said, for the most ridiculous positions of the Democratic Party. But when asked about this issue, here's, here's what he had to say. Pay close attention. I don't live in the suburbs. I live in the city, but I don't want my daughter, now that she's a woman, but I mean, I don't want her competing against a guy in, you know, record-setting sports. I just think that's wrong. Um, but on the other hand, I think, and, and this is what President Biden's ruling coming from the Education Department said, there's not to be competition, direct competition in, you know, Division One sports or that kind of thing, man against someone who's transgendered. But 
when it comes to the schoolyard, when it comes to training, when it comes to cheerleading or intramural sports, they say leave it up to the local educators, to the schools, to the PTAs, to the school boards. We have in this country, I think it's that we have 23,000 PTAs, 13,000 school boards. Why does the federal government need to tell them how to handle their children in their locality? I would think that you would want to say preserve the rights of local people to make decisions for their schools. And I think that's part of it. A lot of these trans kids, these are kids with deep emotional problems and they're very small in number. Uh, so I, I just, you know, I, I think we have to, in a way, try to pull the culture wars away from human beings here. So returning this to local control sounds really swell, Juan. But here's the other problem. What if your school board decides that transgender women can compete against your daughters in high school? Are you still in favor of that just because it's a local decision? I most certainly doubt it. And by the way, Juan, all the legal experts that have looked at this proposal by the Biden Education Department that this would not allow competition between transgender women and biologic women's in certain competitive situations, that's baloney. Everyone has said that this would likely, if this goes through, uh, obviate, it would negate all the state laws banning exactly transgender women competing on competitive sports teams in elementary school, in grade school, in high school, in college, and anything else. And you have to ask, what would be the purpose of issuing this ruling if it wasn't to allow transgender people to make the claim that I need to be, to be able to compete against other real women? Now, here's where I think, with so many things, we're going to allow the Democratic Party enough rope to hang themselves because not one Democrat voted for this bill that's been put up to protect women in sports. Not one of them. Although privately, they will tell you, much as Juan Williams did, not, not on, on my backyard, not in my backyard, not my daughter. That's okay for somebody else and let this be a local. But, you know, this is where we're coming from. We have to protect all these people. This is something that Democrats continually just blow, blow away. And that is, your rights end where my rights begin. You can't assert your rights over my rights, no matter how much of a minority you are. And by the way, everyone has said the solution to this is to start transgender leagues and, and let transgenders compete against other transgenders. Well, you know what? There's not enough of them to form a league. But in the meantime, they're trying to force this issue in in what other events in life have you ever seen this? Has the Olympics in the past included transgender people? Where did all these transgender people come from? All of them? They're just falling out of the sky. A lot of them, is be we're creating them in our schools, and it's really happening in the, the, the locations of high school is where most of it's going on. They're trying to institute it in grade schools as well. And as you see it, it's come into competitive sports in college. Well, after the passage of 734 in the House, the White House came out with a strongly opposing uh, message uh, about this. And they, uh, quote, they said, at a time when transgender youth already face a nationwide mental health crisis. No, they have a mental health crisis, and it has nothing to do most of the 96% of the time 
with wanting to be transgender. But anyway, with half of transgender youth in recent surveys saying they have seriously considered suicide, it's not, th- this it makes me so mad, the confounding of this with suicide. Even you heard Juan Williams say, a lot of these uh, people uh, have uh, mental issues, they have cognitive issues, mental health uh, problems. Yes, they do. Transgenderism is not a solution for these problems. But back to the statement. A national law that further stigmatizes these children is completely unnecessary, hurts families and students, and would only put students at greater risk. Nobody is trying to stigmatize these people. This makes no sense that someone to say, I'm stigmatizing you because I'm not going to allow you to lap swimmers in a pool because you're 6'3 and you have a male body and you've declared yourself as a woman. Now, some of you have teenage sons, maybe early college years, maybe even in grade school. And if you ask them how they felt about perhaps young women, girls in some cases, competing on your football team, your baseball team, your soccer team, your volleyball team, what do you think they would say? They would just laugh themselves silly. You've got to be kidding me, Mom. Girls on our football team? I don't think so. I don't think so. But back to the president's statement on this issue. The statement says, quote, discrimination has no place in our nation's schools or on our playing fields. Who says it does? Who, who would disagree with this statement? But putting transgender women in women's sports is discrimination. It is actually discrimination. They go on to say, instead of addressing the pressing issues that families and students face today, such as raising teacher pay, keeping guns out of schools, addressing the mental health crisis of our youth, and helping students learn and recover academically from unprecedented disruptions, congressional Republicans have instead chosen to prioritize policies that discriminate against children. What a bunch of hogwash. Unprecedented disruptions? and trying to recover academically. Yeah, you know who did? That was the teachers' unions. Let's, let's get real here about this. It wasn't COVID that caused these disruptions, for heaven's sakes. Congressional Republicans instead have chosen to prioritize policies that discriminate against children. Oh, my nerves already. Allow me to play an audio clip of the president's press secretary, the lesbian black immigrant, as she describes herself, Corinne Jean-Pierre, on transgenderism and this House bill to keep women in women's sports. This has been one of the worst weeks for, of 2023 so far in terms of anti-LGBTQ bills becoming law in states across America. Three anti-LGBTQ laws have been enacted so far this week in Kansas, Indiana, and Idaho. Just yesterday, the North Dakota Senate passed 10 anti-LGBTQ bills in just one day, a single day record. In Kansas, the state legislation overrode Governor Kelly's veto to make Kansas the 20th state that has banned transgender kids from participating in schools sports. With the enactment of a new law in Indiana, 14 states have now banned gender affirming health care while some of these laws are currently blocked by courts. 
this is a dangerous, a dangerous attack on the rights of parents to make the best healthcare decisions for their own kids. According to the Human Rights Campaign, more than 50% of transgender youth in the U.S., which is estimated to be more than 150,000 kids, live in states in which transgender youth have lost access to or at risk of losing access to gender-affirming care. Notice how this is presented. It's the worst week in LGBTQIA plus history. Why do you think all these states are passing anti-transgender laws? Does anyone really believe that these citizens in 20 states have such an animus, such a deep-seated hatred towards so-called transgender kids that they would pass laws to deny them life-saving, gender-affirming care? But because your daughter or son is caught up in anxiety and depression during their most hormonally crazy adolescent years, and that they've been socially captured by other disaffected youth at school, and teachers who talk them into these ideas and then don't even tell their parents, well, these are hardly reasons to start on cross-sex hormones and consider having a mastectomy. And I'm also fed up with claims about how many actual transgender kids there are in these 20 states or America at large. This quote about 150,000 children being denied life-saving care, please. Start with something very simple. What is the definition of transgender? The left refuses to define what a woman is other than claiming a woman is whatever a woman wants to be. Whatever she says she is, she is. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's rather circular, don't you think? So the, here's the problem with counting who is transgender and who isn't. Now, if you're bisexual, are you also transgender? Many bisexual individuals also claim in surveys they are transgender. If I'm a girl but feel more like a boy and start cross-dressing accordingly, am I transgender? Well, according to the radical left, yes, you are. If I'm a girl but feel more like a boy and start on male hormones, am I transgender? Yes, you are. If I'm a girl and take male hormones and have had a mastectomy and am planning other gender-affirming surgery, you better believe it, you're transgender. Yes, you are. And you can see how difficult it is to estimate the number of children who are, quote, unquote, transgender. Even just thinking you're transgender or plan to be in the future qualifies you to answer surveys declaring you're transgender. And those activists who support transgenderism, even though they're not transgender themselves, will often falsely claim on surveys and this has been demonstrated in a number of surveys, that they're transgender, just to be supportive in that way. Now here's part two of uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre's rant about those against transgenderism. Look, this is awful news. Let's be very clear about that. LGBTQI plus kids are resilient. They are fierce. They fight back. They're not going anywhere. And we have their back. This administration has their back. We are so proud of the kids across this country who have organized, 
protests and school walkouts to tell the politicians in their states to stop this legislative bullying. I know that these political attacks can really take toll on, on people's mental health. So I wanna say directly to LGBTQI plus kids, you are loved just as you are, just the way you are. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, you call 988, the National Crisis Hotline, and dial the number three to talk to a counselor who has been specifically trained to support LGBTQI plus kids. This is a new service that the Biden administration is proud to offer during these incredibly hard times. Good to know. Transgender kids are resilient, tough, and they fight back. But where is the empathy for millions of other children who are not in the in crowd either? I'm assuming transgenders are not in the in crowd, but are they the only ones? And what of those children who aren't the beautiful or the smartest ones or the best athletes? Where is the encouragement for these lost children or often forgotten? Is this president also have their backs? Is there a special office set up in the West Wing for these kids? I have no respect for Joe Biden for his cruelty toward those who do not accept his perverse gender ideology. This nation needs a president of all children, not a president devoted to transgender children. I tell the president, don't say gay, Joe, just say everyone. Listen, we know the gay community came out of the closet years ago, and good for them. I respect, I respect them, and I'm happy that they're recognized. But what room in civilization has transgenderism sprung from? It sprung from progressivism's assault on Western civilization. There have always been gay men and lesbian women throughout history. Alexander the Great is reported to have been gay or bisexual. Many other greats in history as well. And I'm sure there have been cross-dressers throughout history, but I am historically unaware of transgender humans in any great numbers in any of our ancient civilizations. I'm sure there must have been some, but thousands upon thousands of closeted children... And did these humans seek out hormone therapy and gender-affirming surgical care? Listen, if you're 18 or 21 or whatever the age of reason is in your state, and if you want to go all the way into transgenderism, go right ahead. I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. But this nation, nor should any Western nation, endorse gender-affirming care for children. And if you say, oh, yeah, well, they do it in Europe, Well, oh yeah, they don't do it anymore. Europe is pulling out of the transgenderism in haste because kids, they have come to recognize, cannot cognitively and legally make decisions about superficially changing their sex. Call it gender, but that's not what you're messing with. And when you take children out of this equation of gender-affirming care, it is no longer economically feasible Because there are not that many children who are trapped in the wrong sex. And I firmly believe that. Furthermore, I have studied this subject, and the more I learn, the more I'm convinced that transgenderism is hyper-blown by the left and is not a real and growing category of humanity. And the pretense that pediatric gender-affirming care and surgery 
are a therapeutic answer to the other often numerous psychological problems of distressed children is both mentally and physically scarring and morally bankrupt. But the far-left army of activists that has sprung up from the depths of tarnation is right in line with all other aggressions by the progressives or the Marxist left. Now I want to insert one more Corinne Jean-Pierre sort of don't say gay rant also delivered just this week. I also want to say a word about the decision yesterday made by the Florida Board of Education to expand the state's dystopian don't say gay law. As this measure takes effect, it will prohibit all students up to seniors in high school from learning about our learning about or discussing LGBTQI plus people in the classrooms. Teachers in Florida have already faced the devastating consequences of the existing law. Under threat of having their licenses revoked, gay teachers have been forced to take down pictures of their spouses from their desks and censor their classroom materials. Censoring our classes is not how public education is supposed to work in a free country. Conservative politicians love to complain about the so-called cancel culture all while threatening teachers with losing their jobs if they teach something that the MAGA extremists don't agree with. President Biden believes teachers and students should not be pawns in a political game or a political stunt. We will continue to fight for students across the country to receive a world-class education, including free from discrimination and also censorship. Lies, pathetically sick, and incredibly dishonest lies, reprehensible lies. One lie has the power to discolor and corrode a thousand truths. This White House rant has enough lies in it to discolor and corrode tens of thousands of truths. Go read the legislation. It's entitled Parental Rights in Education. You know, this hit Twitter a a couple of days ago, and The people on the right just went nuts with this. Political consultant Noah Polak wrote, All of her claims here are easily disprovable lies. But what's interesting is how progressives are unable to defend their culture war on anything close to the merits. It's a red herring all the way down. The fact that the press secretary lies daily doesn't seem to bother liberals. Now, Dave Rubin, an openly gay commentator, tweeted, Putting aside that this is just not true, does anyone over 40 remember discussing sexuality, gender, or any of this stuff with their teachers when growing up? It's laughably ridiculous. Back in my day, we did math, science, and social studies. You know, the old-fashioned racist stuff? And we had to walk uphill in the snow both ways without shoes to get to school. Now get off my lawn. The Spectator contributing editor Stephen Miller commented, Remember when the White House press briefing live had all hands on deck to to fact check everything that Trump said? I I remember. And Ron DeSantis responded to this. He said, I would argue it's never appropriate to be telling a school kid that they were born in the wrong body. Now, I I have a theory as to why all these activists are so into all of this stuff now on the left. And that is because many of them really long for the days 
in the struggle for civil rights back in the 60s and the 70s. And now they're recreating it with this garbage. We're relitigating racism. When most of that has evaporated, but now it's being brought back. And all these other things on the left, the wokeness, is to find some cause and to be passionate about it, to be very exercised about it, and to even be violent about it, because this is what it takes to change the nation to a point of view that you yourself don't even understand. And if you've talked to any of these people, you'll find out they're just a bunch of one-liners that they have memorized from past activist events. All of the White House's initiatives are targeting young people, getting young people out to vote. This has nothing to do with baby boomers or Generation X or anybody over 40. My gosh, how time flies by. We're at the end of this Frankly Daniels show. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you found the show informative. I ask the Lord to bless you, and please stay safe. <laughs>